الرحمن الرحيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وضرب الله مثلا كلمة طيبة كشجرة طيبة أصلها ثابت وفرعها في السماء تؤتي أكلها كل حين بإذن ربها ويضرب الله الأمثال للناس لعلهم يتذكرون قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الإيمان بضع وسبعون شعبة فأفضلها قول لا إله إلا الله وأدناها إماطة الأذى عن الطريق والحياء شعبة من الإيمان أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected of my kiram, brothers and elders <coughs> This life that Allah has blessed us with In the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala describes it as a test And it is a test from beginning to end تبارك الذي بيده الملك وهو على كل شيء قدير الذي خلق الموت والحياة ليبلوكم أيكم أحسن عملا لا تلا says that this entire life and death and this whole system of this universe has been created and insan put therein ليبلوكم to test you that who does the best of actions when a student is in the examination room, there's a test, there's an examination. So every student understands that the examination room, there are a lot of rules that he has to abide by, a lot of restrictions. He wants to eat something, he's hungry, but the examination is on now, so he can't eat. They won't allow him to eat. So you eat now, you'll get failed. Is but it's halal. I bought it with my own money. Or this is something I grew in my own yard. So why can't I eat this? He says, well, it's halal, but you must eat it after the exams. Now you are restricted. Now he wants to pass the exam. So because he wants to pass the exam, he accepts the restriction. I can't eat now. He wants to talk. Somebody is sitting close by. It's his friend. He says, no, you can't talk now. You talk now. You will get failed. He says, but I just want to ask him how he's feeling. Everything's okay. I'm talking nothing else. Is there anything haram to ask somebody how he's feeling? Make salam. You know what a great virtue it is to make salam to somebody. Says, All that is fine in its place. But after the exams are over. Now you talk to the person, you'll get failed. Because you're in the examination hall now. You have to abide by the rules of the examination. So you can't talk to anybody. You can't eat now. He's sitting a bit, wants to walk around just to freshen himself. You know, you just keep breathing where you are. You sit where you are. You're not allowed to walk around in the examination hall. So he accepts all these restrictions, all these conditions. Why? Because he wants to pass the examination. So likewise, we are in this examination hall called dunya. This whole world is the examination hall. And like that person, he accepts the conditions and the restrictions that he's not allowed to eat now, he's not allowed to drink now, he's not allowed to talk to anybody, not allowed to walk around. So Allah Ta'ala has also 
to test us now. We are in this examination. So there are restrictions that you're not allowed to look at this. You can look at something else, but not this is haram. Don't cast haram glances anyway. Don't look at anything haram. This you can speak. You speak good things, but you can't speak anything evil. There's a restriction now. Because examination hall now. Can't talk anything vulgar. You can't backbite. Can't lie. You can't talk anything indecent. So all this is now restriction on his tongue. Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran Sharif, say to my servants, my slaves, they must speak that which is best. So now restriction on the tongue. You want to listen to something? Well, certain things you can listen to. All the good things you can listen to. But these things, what is not permissible, backbiting, listen to somebody's backbiting, listen to somebody's vulgar talk, listen to some music, listen to all other kind of haram, restriction. He wants to eat, okay, these things are all fine. But certain things are haram, don't touch it. So all kinds of restrictions that a person, but now he wants to pass this examination. Because he wants to pass the examination of that dunya, of that world, so he accepts all the restrictions. What will happen if he passes? If he passes, maybe he'll be able to go to the next grade, and then from there he might be able to do something further. Then one day maybe he might be able to become a professional, he might be able to learn some trade, then he might be able to earn a living. No problem that whatever was done in a proper manner, in a halal manner, he didn't cross the line of Sharia, no problem. But then what? One day he has to leave this dunya. All that will come to an end. How many people went through all those things, but they still didn't get anywhere. Somebody managed to use it, somebody didn't manage to get anywhere with it. But to pass that exam, he accepts the restrictions. But a person passed the exam of this life, what is in store for him? Not something that will just get left behind. Then in store for him is the everlasting Jannat. Which Rasulullah describes that Allah Ta'ala says that in Jannat a'adattu li'ibadiyas salihin I have prepared for my pious servants, my obedient servants. Those who accepted the restrictions in dunya. Those who did what they were told. Salah time, it's salah, they performed the salah. That it's fasting time now, they kept their fast. It was something else, some other command, they fulfilled it. These things are not permissible, they said, okay, fine. So those who did Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala says, أَعَدَدْتُ لِعِبَادِيَ الصَّالِحِينَ مَا لَا عَيْنٌ رَأَدْ What no eye has seen. Sometimes a person just comes into a place which is really something, we call it out of this world, but it's in the world. Say this is such a scenery or something is like out of this world, but it's in the world. Out of this world is something we have never seen. And Jannat, Allah Ta'ala says, no person, no eye has ever seen. Wala udunun samiat. No ear has ever heard about what the reality of Jannat is all about. Wala khatar ala qalbi bashar. And no person can ever and has ever thought and imagined what is Jannat. Beyond imagination. So a person who's understood that this dunya is a test, this life in this world is a test, then now everything becomes very easy to undertake. Because he's got a direction, he's got a focus. 
But in order to get there comfortably, what has to be done? Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with this iman. That this iman is something we have to make this effort on. This is what's going to help us. This is what's going to assist us to be able to pass this test of dunya. Regarding this iman, in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala gives an example. What is the example of this iman? وَضَرَبَ اللَّهُ مَثَلًا كَلِمَةً طَيِّبَةً كَشَجَرَةٍ طَيِّبًا Allah Ta'ala says the example of this iman is like a beautiful tree, a very pure tree, excellent tree. أَصْلُهَا ثَابِتْ وَفَرْعُهَا فِي السَّمَاءِ A tree, the roots are deep down in the ground. You plant a seed, where the seed is planted? It's planted, you dig the ground, is planted inside. You can't see it. The iman of a person also is deep down in it. Nobody can see it. Only Allah Ta'ala knows. If somebody outside claims he's a mu'min, he's a believer, he has iman, nobody can say anything about it. Because we can't see his heart. If he does something that's completely against iman, then we'll see that action and say, no, this is wrong. What he's claiming is wrong because his action is completely negating iman. A person is, for example, wearing a cross now. He can't have iman. But otherwise we can't see the iman in the heart. Nobody can see it. It's that seed that's planted inside the ground. But now that seed that's planted in the ground, then that tree must grow. Allah Ta'ala says, Asluha sabit wa far'uha sama." That this tree is like that tree which the roots are deep down, very firm. All kinds of things can happen around. Somebody is doing something, somebody is going somewhere, somebody is behaving in some manner, somebody is talking something, but his iman is so firm, it's not getting affected by anything. Asluha sabit. Roots are very firm. But then if the roots are firm, the tree doesn't remain in the ground. It grows. And its branches are reaching the skies. So what is being explained to us is that this iman is something that's living and visible. And then Allah Ta'ala says, That this iman, this tree of iman, it gives off its fruit at every moment. Every, this is not just a tree that is a tree for seeing only. It's a tree that is giving off its beautiful fruit. Every moment. Now, what is this tree and what is this fruit all about? So to understand this a little more, in a hadith sharif, Nabi Islam gives us the same example. Nabi Islam says, Al-Imanu bid'u wa sab'una shu'bah. That Iman has more than 70 branches. Again, the same example of a tree, because branches from a tree. So what we are being told here is that this tree of iman alhamdulillah that iman the seed of iman is in the heart but that iman must be visible in the person's life like the tree is under the ground that seed is there it's there alhamdulillah anytime the tree will grow but it mustn't stay hidden under the ground it must now be visible it must be seen in the person's life that this is mashallah a person who's got the seed of iman in his heart 
the branches are out. So Iman has more than 70 branches. Now the branches must be out. The branches of Ibadat. That there's Ibadat in his life. It's Salah time, he's there in the Masjid. He's performing his Salah wherever he is. If he's out somewhere traveling, he might be on a train, he might be in a station, he might be anywhere. He might be at the airport. It's time for Salah. <coughs> that branch of Iman is alive, it's visible. That his time for Salah came, he's performing his Salah. Wherever he might be. You see him, you see a Muslim. Because Iman is now that, it's not only the seed, that branches are out. So the branches of Ibadat are there. Then, a beautiful tree, you see it from a distance. So the tree doesn't only have branches, then leaves come on those branches. And that gives a lot of shade. Especially on a hot day, a person understands what is the, how wonderful is the shade of a tree. So now this tree must give shade also. What kind of shade? The shade of mu'amalat, dealings with people. Uh, he's buying something, he's selling something, he's borrowing something, he's dealing with people in terms of whatever his needs are. He's dealing in such a wonderful way that anybody comes to deal with him is like under the shade of this tree. He's enjoying the beautiful shade. It's so hot out there. Everybody is deceiving everybody. Somebody is backstabbing somebody else. And somebody is harming the next person. Somebody is robbing somebody. And somebody is doing something else. But when they come to deal with this person, they are like in the shade of a beautiful tree. They feel so comforted. This person, mashallah, you deal with him. You got no fear. You got no concern that you are going to be deceived in some way. You are going to be harmed in some way. So that beautiful shade of mu'amalat, dealings. This tree of Iman must bring that alive. Those branches must come out. Then, that tree doesn't only have branches and leaves. Then it has flowers as well. And a person sometimes sees that tree from a distance and it's such a beautiful tree and such beautiful flowers on it. You can't stop looking at it. Sometimes there are some places where when the leaves grow and the flowers come on those trees, there are some areas you hear about people traveling from far off to come and just look at the scenery or the flowers. So likewise, this person's the flowers of what? The flowers of Mu'asharat, social life. Social life, how he lives with people. One is how he deals with people. But how he lives with people now. He is somebody's son. He is somebody's father, he is somebody's brother, he is somebody's grandson, he is somebody's neighbor, he is a person in society, he is a musalli in the masjid. But now he's all the time dealing with, he's all the time meeting with people. People have rights over him. So how is he respecting his parents? How is he respecting his and taking care of his family? What kind of compassion and mercy is showing to his? The younger people. How is he, how much is he ready to help others? Whatever assistance he can, how much he can. Somebody is in some pain, how much is ready to try and comfort the person? How much is he taking care of his neighbor? 
What is the Mu'asharat? That that beautiful tree with that beautiful flowers, people stand far off too, they can't stop looking at it. Likewise, this person has such beautiful way of dealing with everybody, meaning how he lives with people. That it is like they just can't stop admiring that scenery. Mashallah, this person you just merely have to be in his company and you feel comforted. Like that person looking at the tree, sees it, beautiful flowers, it gives him comfort. It gives him some joy. So how people deal with this when they come, that father is so happy, that son is so happy, that neighbor is so happy, everybody is happy. And if this insan, human being, sometimes some little up down happens anywhere and everywhere. But he is the person to try and quickly just sort whatever it is out. Life must carry on smoothly. Sometimes he has to digest some things. Sometimes he has to overlook something. He is somebody that can just carry on. And then that tree brings fruit also. It's not just a tree to look at. But that fruit is so delicious. It's so excellent. When that fruit is very good quality, it becomes export quality. It goes to the corners of the world. That is the fruit of akhlaq, the fruit of good character. This is the fruit that everybody then tastes. And anybody that now, he's a person that can be, he's so soft-natured, forgiving. He's somebody that is very compassionate and very humble. Somebody who has all the various good akhlaq in him. So now this good character, everybody is tasting the fruit of that good character. Whether it's somebody he knows, some stranger, they're tasting the fruit of his good akhlaq. Now this is a tree of Iman. Allah Ta'ala is giving this example in the Quran Sharif. Iman is like a tree. Every moment is giving off its fruit. And the same example Nabi Islam is giving in the Hadith Sharif. This iman must come, this tree of iman must come alive. And it must give that shade. People must enjoy looking at the flowers of this tree. And people must taste the beautiful fruit of this tree. So that akhlaq, that beautiful character, how he deals with people. And this akhlaq was that export quality fruit that spread iman throughout the corners of the earth. It was with this akhlaq. Wherever the Muslims went, they went with akhlaq. They went with this good character. And as a result, Iman spread in the various remote parts of the earth. The Sahaba went, they went with akhlaq. Those who followed after them, they went with this fruit of akhlaq. And people tasted this akhlaq, they don't know where this akhlaq came from. They said it came from the tree of Iman. Where these dealings came from? What made this person deal in this manner? That he's so honest. He's so straight, he's so upright. You know, Iman taught him this. So what makes him seem such a wonderful person? That he lives with everybody in such a wonderful way. He's so uh, a pleasure to be in his company as a son, as a father, as a neighbor, as a brother. You know, Iman taught him this. So all this attracted people to Iman. Because this is a seed. From this seed all these branches came. So this tree of Iman has to come alive. And further, in the same hadith, Nabi Islam says, فَأَفْضَلُهَا قَوْلُ لَا إِلَٰهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ 
that the greatest branch of this Iman is La ilaha illallah. That is the very essence of Iman, then the stem of Iman comes, the trunk. One is Qawlu La ilaha illallah, the statement and saying La ilaha illallah. One very deep lesson that is being given in this is, that together with the fact that Iman, this is something which, to, for that Iman to be valid, the person has to accept that Iman, he has to exclaim the Shahadat. But together with that, Nabi Wasallam is saying, Qawlu la ilaha illallah. Meaning the repeated saying of la ilaha illallah. The zikr of Allah Ta'ala. Remembering Allah Ta'ala. And to the extent that we remember Allah Ta'ala, to that extent this heart will come alive. To that extent the seed of Iman will get watered. And it will bring the branches out. So this zikr is a very important part of a mu'min's life. That daily he must have some time fixed. Where there is no distraction, nothing to distract him. Between him and Allah Ta'ala is just this remembrance of Allah Ta'ala that's now occupying him, nothing else. And to embed this zikr of Allah Ta'ala in the heart. So he's sitting without any distraction in his own time and space, wherever he might be, and he's remembering Allah Ta'ala, taking the name of Allah Ta'ala, reciting the kalima, making istighfar, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. Nabi Wasallam, in one sitting, the sahaba would sometimes count more than hundred times istighfar. That is in the midst of a gathering, while advising, while discussing something, and in between every now and again, Nabi Wasallam, who is masoom, sinless, but he is making istighfar so many times. And Nabi Wasallam himself says, Inni la astaghfirullah wa atubu ilayhi fil yawm akthara min sab'ina marra. I make toba, I make istighfar daily more than 70 times. More than 70 times, how much more Allah knows. 70 in Arabic often is used for an excessive amount. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, masoom, sinless, he's making toba, he's making istighfar, how much we have to make istighfar? He's doing it to teach us. So sometime daily for istighfar, for durud sharif, reciting salawat on Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, remembering all the sacrifices he made, so that we could have iman, and with great muhabbat, with love, reciting durud sharif on Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, even if it is this, the short form of Durud Sharif, but with a lot of love, a lot of respect, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. We are reciting Durud, we are the ones benefiting. The Hadith Sharif, it comes, the person recites Durud Sharif once, ten blessings of Allah Ta'ala come for him. We are the ones benefiting. So sometime daily for this istighfar, for this Durud Sharif, can we imagine... Rasulullah how much he remembered us, how much we remember him. Once, on one occasion, Hazrat Aisha Siddiqa radiallahu ta'ala anha, she saw Rasulullah in a very good mood, very happy meaning, very joyous, happy. So she also was a wife. When a wife sees the husband in a good mood, very happy, so the ordinary wife, what will be her Go in her mind. Now is the time to now. All the things that, that list. The time to ask. Now he's in the right mood now. 
Because sometimes that wife has to see now what is the weather forecast for today. Is it calm and sunny or is it lightning and thunder? Now, if it's lightning and thunder, she'd rather keep quiet. But if it is calm and sunny, then maybe she can take a chance. But now that doesn't fit in with the akhlaq that we're talking about. Rasulullah Aisha was asked about him that what was his akhlaq all about? You see, you're asking about his akhlaq? Kana khuluquhu al-Qur'an. His akhlaq was the Qur'an Sharif. His akhlaq was the Qur'an Sharif. What does that mean? It means everything that is mentioned in the Qur'an Sharif about how a person should live. All that was in his life. The Qur'an Sharif speaks about forgiveness. That was in his life. The Qur'an Sharif speaks about compassion. That was in his life. The Qur'an Sharif speaks about taqwa. He was on the peak of taqwa. The Qur'an Sharif speaks about وَمَا يَتَوَكَّلَ عَلَى اللَّهِ فَهُوَ حَسْبُهُ about trusting in Allah Ta'ala. Nabi Islam had the total trust in Allah Ta'ala. The Quran speaks about all the various other aspects. Everything was in his life. He lived, it, lived the Quran Sharif. And he was the most easy going person at home. The most easy going person. But she says that, and he would be part of the house. He would help in the household chores, household work. Can we imagine, who could have been busier than Nabi Islam? Who could have had a higher position than him? Who could have been more important than him? And he has that humility and he is just one person among others in the house when he's there and he's sometimes assisting them. If his shoes needed mending, he sat down to mend his own shoe. If he needed to patch something on his clothes or something tore somewhere, he took that needle and the thread and the most beloved of Allah Ta'ala the greatest of the creation of Allah Ta'ala, he's sitting and he's mending his own clothes. And if he had to just make a slight indication to somebody that I needed to do this, there'll be hundred people ready to do it. But he's doing it himself. But Aisha says, sometimes sweep the house for us. Can we imagine the akhlaq that Nabi Islam showed? So likewise, on this one occasion, Aisha saw him very happy. And when she saw him very happy, she decided now to ask. But she didn't ask what Somebody else might have asked. Some other wife of dunya will ask for all those things of dunya. What she asked was that, Ya Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, make dua for me. Can we imagine when she asked what she asked? She asked for dua. So Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam made dua for her. Allahumma khfir li Aisha ma taddama min zambiha wa ma taakhar wa ma asarrat wa ma a'lanat he made dua, dua for maghfirat. That, O oh Allah, forgive Aisha, forgive whatever past, whatever is in the future, anything big, small, whatever. He made dua for her. If somebody makes dua for us, our parents, somebody else makes dua for us, we say, Alhamdulillah, Ameen, Jazakallah. Say, but what else? MashaAllah, you made dua for me, but now, dua only, what, only dua, what are you going to do with only dua? Whereas dua is everything. Aisha heard this dua, she became so happy, she became so happy that she couldn't contain herself. And her head came into her lap, like a person can't, can't contain it, subhanallah, what I got. So Rasulullah saw how happy she got. And he asked her, Ayasurruki dua ya Aisha? Does my dua make you happy? She said, obviously, you are the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, the most beloved of Allah Ta'ala, 
and you have made this dua for me, why should I not be happy? Rasulullah on that occasion then said that This is the dua I make for my ummah after every salah. After every salah, Nabi Islam is remembering his ummah. He remembered us, you and I. So he remembered us so much and all the time concerned for his ummah and the sacrifices he made for the ummah. In a day, how many times we remember him? So at least 100 times at Durul Sharif. So the istighfar, Durul Sharif, remembering Allah Ta'ala, making his zikr. So this is that one very big lesson that is being given in this فَأَفْضَلُهَا قَوْلُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ And then Nabi Islam says وَأَدْنَاهَا إِمَاتَةُ الْأَذَاعَنِ الطَّرِيقِ The lowest branch of Iman, meaning the smallest branch, but the smallest branch is not anything small in reality. It's huge, very big. But it is the smallest branch in comparison. Like somebody has a something, you say something is, somebody got 10,000 rand. Another person got 100,000 rand. So he says 10,000 rand is very small compared to the 100,000. But compared to somebody got 1 rand, it's very big. 10,000 times more. So likewise, this branch of Iman is very big. But this is the smallest branch of Iman. Adnaha imatatul tariq. Removing something from the way that will inconvenience somebody else. That will cause some difficulty for somebody. Somebody dropped something, somebody threw something, or there's something harmful, some thorn, some stone, or something, some paper is lying in the way to which now makes a person feel uncomfortable. So this mu'min, his iman is of such a nature that he can't pass by there without having taken care of it. He doesn't pass by there saying, well, this is not my business, I didn't drop it. His iman makes him remove it from the way because my fellow Muslim must not get hurt. That's his heart. His heart is all the time worried about everybody else also. That my fellow Muslim must not get hurt. Now somebody else dropped that in the way but he is concerned my fellow Muslim must not get hurt. So I must take it out. So where it's possible that the person who has this kind of heart, this kind of iman, that he is going to deliberately hurt his fellow Muslim. Somebody else dropped it in a way he can't leave it. Because my fellow Muslim mustn't get hurt. So where he is going to deliberately hurt somebody. He will be all the time very conscious, very careful. that Nobody must get any taklif, any inconvenience, any trouble any difficulty from me. Whether it's my words, whether it's my actions, al-Muslimu man salim al-Muslimun min lisani wa yadi. That a true Muslim, this is the teachings of Islam. This is what Rasulullah Sallallahu brought for us. A true Muslim is a person who others are safe from his words, from his deeds, from his actions. He doesn't hurt them with his words, he doesn't hurt them with his actions. Everything obviously within the limits of Shariat. 